Good morning. My name is Minu Kim, the other new pastor uh, here at St. Stephen's. And today, as we've been hinted multiple times, we will be looking at the story of Jonah. So before we uh, dive into it, let's, uh, would you please pray with me? Oh Lord, you have gathered us here today as your people, as your church. As we hear and listen to your word, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O oh Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Again, uh, Ms. Devin did a wonderful job of sharing about the story of Jonah. It's only four chapters long, so... I thought, I thought it was a good idea to, again, share the whole story instead of just today's scripture. So again, to provide a quick background, uh, God had called Jonah to do something. But Jonah decided to run away from God's call. So he hopped on a ship to move away from God, mistakenly believing that such a thing is even possible. And when the ship faced a great mighty storm. Jonah thought it was due to, his, due to him angering God. So he decided to sacrifice himself to save the rest of the crew on that ship. When he was thrown into the ship, a large fish, a whale, came to swallow him up. And inside the fish, Jonah spent three days and three nights. And there, Jonah offered a prayer of thanksgiving. When the fish spewed Jonah out to the dry land, God spoke to him once again, calling Jonah to do the very thing that he decided to run away from. You're wondering by now, what did God exactly call Jonah to do? See, God wanted Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and proclaim God's message to the Ninevites. And this city is significant for two reasons. First, the Ninevites are Gentiles, non-Jewish people, meaning that they were not part of God's chosen people. And second, Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which had conquered and oppressed the people of Judah and Israel on many occasions throughout the Old Testament. So to put it short, God called a Jewish prophet named Jonah to go and prophesy to the Ninevites who were not only strangers to him, but also his enemies. So after being called by God the second time, Jonah reluctantly went into, the, went into Nineveh, Nineveh and cried out to his people, Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Bless you. So it was pretty, pretty much a word of destruction, right? Judgment. And the Ninevites took this prophecy seriously and started to repent. Repent, which means to turn around from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. And this is where today's scripture begins. On chapter 3, verse 10, when God saw that what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish and at the beginning, 
For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life away from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out to the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become to the city, become of the city. You see, the reason why Jonah tried to run away from God's call was because he did not want to see God deliver the Ninevites. Even as he was proclaiming the message of destruction, he knew deep down in his heart that God was gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. Jonah knew God's plan was to save the Ninevites all along, and he simply did not want to be part of it. Here's an interesting part of being a prophet. To be a prophet is not to be right, but to be faithful. Jonah ended up be being a prophet who got it wrong because his prophecy, prophecy did not come true. In fact, upon hearing God's call, Jonah was conflicted between his desire to be right and his devotion to be faithful. In the end, his selfless devotion outweighed his selfish desire. And we got to give Jonah credit for he has shown acts of selflessness before. After all, he even sacrificed his life for others while running away from God. Never, nevertheless, when God did not punish the Ninevites, Jonah became angry. Not only did he look foolish for being, a, being the prophet who got it wrong, but the people he absolutely had no care for were saved. So Jonah prayed to God, saying, Please take my life away from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And as you heard, God responded with a question. Is it right for you to be angry? Let's continue with the story. Chapter 4, verse 6. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in the night and perished in the night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals? This is how the book of Jonah ends, with God's open-ended question to Jonah and also to us. Many of us, most of us, likely had a similar experience as Jonah had with his bush. 
perhaps it is a ministry, a certain ministry, program, building, community, tradition, person, or something else. See, these bushes symbolize the things that provided us with fond memories, that gave us a sense of comfort, belonging, and identity, and that helped us grow closer to God. And truly, these bushes were God's gift to us so that we may live out our journeys. And yes, we may have poured a lot of our time, resources, blood and sweat into caring for these bushes, but it, at, in the end, we confess that these bushes are simply God's gift for us, gifts freely given to us. And perhaps some of us feel sad, angry, discouraged about the loss of our bushes, similar to how Jonah was angry enough to die. And I believe it is a painfully honest response. In fact, in today's scripture, God did not try to reason with Jonah about how his anger was unwarranted. Rather, God pushed Jonah so that he might empathize with God in his anger. And I want to believe that this is also the case for us. Perhaps God is pushing us in our anger at this moment so that we may empathize with God by asking ourselves the question, if we are this much heartbroken by the bushes, the things that freely given to us, then how much would God be heartbroken by the loud groanings of God's own creations? And Jonah's story goes deeper, reminding all of us the uncomfortable truth that God's creations encompass so much more than our own people. God's grace and mercy extend to strangers, enemies, and animals, to all, the, all God's creations. In fact, if we believe that God is the creator of everything, then we should also recognize that God's grace and mercy extend and surround all cosmos. And God often calls us to participate in God's grand plan of caring for all God's creations, especially caring for the lost, the strayed, the injured, and the weak. But like Jonah, it is our self-entitlement and our desire to be right that often get in the way of following God's call. God's unconditional love for others often threatens us. There is a similar story in the New Testament, a parable told by Jesus. You might know this story. There was a father with two sons. The younger son left the house to live in his own and eventually lost all his property. After struggling for a while, he, his family, uh, he, he finally decided to return to his father to work for him. So the younger son turned around, went back to his father's house and apologized. And instead of saying, I told you so, the father was filled with compassion and showed his utmost mercy and grace for his lost son had finally returned. But the elder son could not understand and became very angry. God is like the loving parent. Nineveh is like the younger child. And Jonah is like the elder child. 
countless people throughout history have voiced that the better title for this parable is the parable of the prodigal father instead of the prodigal son. For the word prodigal means having or giving something on a lavish scale. And the story's emphasis is on the parent who shared their love lavishly, which was beyond the elder child's comprehension. Just as the love that God showed to the Ninevites were beyond Jonah's comprehension. Some of us here are like the younger child who found the courage to come back to the parents' house. If this is you today, I pray you have and you will experience God's lavish love for you here at this, in this church. But most of us, including myself, are like the elder child and like Jonah from today's passage. Even if we all started as a younger child at some point, for all of us are Gentiles who are invited into God's family, right? But it is inevitable for us to end up becoming like the elder child and Jonah if we have been faithful for quite some time. This means that we have a hard time comprehending God's lavish love for all God's creations other than our own. To the angry elder son, the prodigal father responded in a similar way as God did to Jonah. Rather than scolding, the father pushed the elder son to empathize with, with him, saying, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because the brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And church, hear the good news. Today's message on God's lavish love does not mean either or, but both and. Both the deliverance of Nineveh and the redemption of Jonah, both the welcoming of the, elder, the younger son in, with love and reassuring of the eldest child with love. God's lavish love, which is abundant, only means the inbreaking of God's kingdom. And despite our reluctance and our incomprehension, God still calls each one of us to be part of God's grand plan of caring all God's creations, especially for the lost, the strayed, the injured, and the weak. As we continue with our series, exploring different biblical figures and their call stories, I pray that you wrestle with these two questions. First, how is God calling me despite my reluctance, shortcoming, anger, and doubt? And second, how is God calling St. Stephen's UMC despite its challenges? And what is my part in it? May God's lavish love transform all of us and transform our church as we follow God's call in caring for all God's creations. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.